Welcome back. It's always good to be back, Matt. We are going to make this a weekly thing mm. on Thursdays, 5 a.m. Uh, 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. in the morning. And people have been asking me, why do you drop your podcast episodes at 5 a.m.? Mm. I've noticed that between 5 and 7 a.m., it's not a huge amount of people, mm. but there are a group of people that start their day at 5 a.m. watching our podcast. That kind of reminds me of... Did you, well, you and I grew up on radio, mm-hmm. right? And so radio, I remember like going to school early in the morning and I was, for example, down in Florida in Jacksonville, WAPE 95.1. And it was part of the, the morning routine. So is that what you're thinking about here? I think so. I mean, the people that listen at five and 6 a.m. are the grinders of the world. Ooh. These are the people that are out working hard, hustling hard, where their time is extremely valuable to them. And the fact that they're willing to start their day with me and with us, I don't know. It just means a little bit more. I get that. It reminds me of a, a video I saw the other day. And this, and it's not a perfect example, but this girl was, she was up early. It was like 4 4.30 in the morning. And she she scanned, as it's like up in New York City, she scanned over to an apartment building with a bunch of renters. I don't know if you saw this video. Mm-hmm. And the apartment building with all the renters, dark. And then she scanned over to the right and she's like, look at that, where all the condos are, multi-million dollar condos, and half of the lights were on at mm. five o'clock. And she was like, this is the renters, these are the owners. Which one do you think is making more money? And her whole point was, is the grinders are the ones that are er- up early, they're getting at it, they're getting to the game, they're ready to go make money or hustle it, right? And so- Yeah, because I'm an early riser. And I have respect for people that start their day early. Mm. You're an early riser also. Absolutely. You saw my schedule, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And uh, there's something about that. So the fact that those people, the most diligent people out there in the world, Mm. are willing to start their day with us, it means, again, just that much more. It's really cool. Yeah. So I don't want to start it because I think for algorithmic purposes, if we release the episode at maybe 1 p.m., Mm. it would probably be better. But- there's just something about it that just makes me feel good. So I have to ask you the question then. For the hustlers out there who are waking up at 5 a.m. like you and I, are they looking for something special or are they looking for someone, something, uh, content of substance to help them as part of their morning routine? I, and that's something I would like to know. Mm-hmm. If you are one of the 5 a.m. early risers who do watch this podcast, drop a note. Let us know why you watch mm-hmm. at 5 a.m. Because I'm curious. Are you on your way to work? Are you starting your day? Are you coming home from work after a long night? Are we a commute? Are we with you with the commute? Or are you already at work? I mean, I I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I'm up at 5 a.m., but I'm not working at 5 a.m. So are you up at 5 a.m. because you're a new baby? (laughs) Is that the real reason why? (laughs) Guilty. Otherwise, I'd probably be up closer to like 6.37. Still, 6.37 in today's economy is still pretty good because we're, we're in this world now where most people are working from home mm-hmm. and you don't need to be up that early, right? Correct. So I, 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 I felt like there's been this, this, this change in corporate America where people, I'm going to use this word, it might be offensive, but it seems like people are getting lazier. Is mm. that fair? I feel it too. Mm. I feel it in the air. I feel it with the amount of people that get delivery food where you don't even have to drive down the block to go pick it up yourself. Mm. And I think that's the ultimate. And I, I'm guilty. I do it also. But not willing to drive two miles down the road to pick up your meal 
and having someone else do it and paying them to do it and paying 30% more for the food in order to eat it so that you don't have to walk out your door literally two miles. I think that says enough. You know? yeah. And I'm as guilty as everybody else. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't know if it's a product of technology and that they're making us lazier or if, you know, if means that society is getting better. I don't know. It's a weird, weird gap. Well, what's what's interesting about the the original context of this conversation that we're having here is that you're finding that the early risers, the grinders, the hustlers are appreciative that we're posting this stuff at five in the morning so mm -hmm. that when they do wake up, whether it's five o'clock, 530, this content is already queued up for them and they can have it be part of their morning routine. So here's the question. Regardless of the changes of corporate behaviors, right? regardless of the changes of the, the society around us with more work from home, can, it, can we say that it doesn't matter, the hustlers, the grinders are still gonna wake up early regardless. I think that is 100% true. Mm. The most, the people who stay the busiest in the day and the people that accomplish most in the day tend to wake up early. I think that's across the whole board. I agree, I agree. You know, and it's not easy. It's part of discipline, right? Getting up early when you don't have to. Mm. Um, even on the weekends, I don't get up very late. Mm -hmm. I don't really sleep much. Well, and I think that's unfair because I just don't sleep a lot in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably average maybe six hours a night. Yeah, but I would I would have to say, because I know you, Matt, is that that is a personality. That's a character thing, right? And it, I think that is that character and that personality trait affords you very, very well the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Mm. Because if you if you're not a morning person, and this it, you know this might fly in some of the faces of some other entrepreneurs out there, but if you're not a morning person, I would go as far as to say it's going to be harder for you to be an entrepreneur because your time is so valuable, and to get up early gives you a head start on everybody. Yeah, right. And so if you're a hustler, you're a grinder, you're an entrepreneur, you're an operator of a company. Like if you want to be successful, let's make a function. You got to get up early if you want to be successful. Is that fair? I think that's very fair. I think waking up is a huge, huge thing, huge discipline that you should get accustomed to doing, that even if it's uncomfortable, you should try it and give it a week, two weeks, a month, two months, three months, just like any other habit. So I have to ask life. you the question then. Tell me, you're an early riser. I'm an early riser. What's your morning routine look like? <sighs> My morning routine is mostly baby stuff these days. So it's not <laughs> fair, you know? Because I would say that I have this crazy routine, but I don't. It's wake up, take care of the baby, uh, let my wife sleep in, and that's really my entire morning. And I drink a cup of coffee as soon as I get up, and I want to give my daughter full energy for the day. Mm. So that's how I like to start the day. I don't like to be around my daughter and feel like I'm half-assing it, if that makes any sense. Mm. So I feel like I can give the most in the morning versus the evening where she's tired, I'm tired, mm -hmm. and the energy levels are a little lower. Same reason I like recording these podcasts earlier in the morning, earlier in the day, because you have full energy to give. That's true. And you have full focus. Correct. Versus later in the day where you're, at the end of the day, you're trying to just finish your day mm -hmm. and you're closing up any, you know, open, open-ended things. So in, Let's just remove the the baby stuff because that's table stakes. We understand that that's going to be your life for a pretty significant amount of time, time probably from, from from now till till pretty significant amount of time. Do you prioritize the big 
issues of the day early in the morning or do you knock out the small stuff in the morning? Cause I, I've, I've had, I've talked with operators and entrepreneurs who are on either side. Some are like morning time is when I go deep on a, like a mm. big issue, tackle a big issue, a problem solving, you know, I'm writing t- tons of notes down. And then I've talked to some operators where they're like, I just need to get the small pebbles done. I just need to get the, 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 the shitty things that I know I need to get done. They're just part of the, the, the work life that I got to live. I got to follow up on these emails. Which one are you? Are you the big rocks in the morning or the small rocks in the morning? I feel like my morning is more for catching up and planning. Mm. I want to know number one, what's going on in the world. Uh, what am, what are the thoughts I'm going to have for the day? To take with me throughout the day and plan out how I'm going to address the rest of the day. I don't feel overly productive in the morning, if that makes sense. And I don't know if that's the best advice, but I don't feel like I'm the most productive person. I just like being up. I think it's more a habit mm. that um, makes me uh, diligent throughout the day rather than I need to get up and get busy. Some people have, I'll, I'll give an example of a colleague that that I know, his routine is so it's it's been this probably for two decades 20 years is he wakes up he turns on cnbc and he turns on his other tv to fox business and he turns on his other tv to like msnbc business or stocks or something like that and that's how he gets that's like his content ingest for the morning are you do you have do you, what is what is your content ingest in the morning what I, what helps you get going i think for me it's scroll i i like to thumb through the news, mm. get a vibe of the world, of what's kind of trending, what's going on, what people are talking about. And it gives me an opportunity to be informed when I have conversations with people, when, because I'm specifically in more of a sales-oriented type of business, I need to have topics to, to, to be informed on to leave an impression on people. Mm. When you're informed on topics and you have a conversation, you're like, oh, this guy's smart, I'd like to do business with him versus you don't know what's going on and maybe they bring something up. So it's a matter of being well-versed in everything. Mm. I think well-rounded. So I would have to assert that there are people that are wondering, what are Matt's go-to places for content or news? Because people are always looking for new sites and new new things to look at and new new things to be to be part of their their routines and these types of things. I have to, I'm sure there are people that are curious about what is Matt's you know, what are, the, what are the, the top sites, the websites that you visit and the I, new sites that you visit? I feel like I'm going to be so boring in this answer because I just opened up Apple News. I want to know what... Really? The, I want to know what the algorithm is pushing. Really? I've, I don't want to know what gonna, I want to know. Where, I wanna where's know, that site? I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never I've, gone to Apple News. Apple News has an app. So... <laughs> I don't even know this exists. I use the Apple News app and I want to know what the world is thinking about and what they want you to know about. Right. Because more than anything, because I use the evenings to learn what I want to learn. Mm. The mornings are, what does the world want you to learn? Mm. What are, what's the agenda they're pushing for the day? Oh, that's what that's I really know. meta. Because then I can think about that throughout the day. And then in the evening, I can do my own research mm-hmm. and figure out, okay, what's really going on mm-hmm. and kind of dive a little bit deeper when you have a little more free time when your energy is a little bit lower, where you can kind of zone out to different articles and go deep into the dark web, right? But in the morning, I want to know what are they pushing? Mm. What's 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 the architects of our world trying Correct. to make us be all pissed off or angry or upset about first thing in the morning? Yes. Yeah? And when I go out and I maybe I go to the gas station and people look a little pissed off, and in my mind I go, I know why. Mm. I bet you this is what they're trending, or people are upset about. Um, you know, explosions or chemicals. I'm like, I know why. 
because that's all they talked about for the entire morning. But I saw this funny, I just have to kind of clue in on this, this, this topic. I saw this meme that said that is market, uh, the, the gladiator movie. Do you remember when, when he's in the, uh, the arena, he's like, are you not entertained? Uh-huh. You remember that, that yeah. scene? And the meme was, are you not into trains? <laughs> and the whole meme was like, people aren't into trains. So they're going to start, they're going to start, stop talking about it. They're going to start pushing something else. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that? I, I feel like the whole train issue that's passed recently with the, the all these derailments and the, and the chemicals is kind of like a moot point. People have, I think, moved on because people are no, not interested in trains. Is that the thing? I think so. I think the extreme right is trying to hold on to it because mm-hmm. right now it was the headline was Biden is in Ukraine, but he doesn't care about East Pennsylvania right, or <laughs> East Ohio. He don't care. He he didn't go the 100 miles to visit here mm. versus he went all the way there. And that's kind of the talking point of the day, which I get it, but he wasn't going to go there. You know, well, if they Palestine, make it sound like he was going to go and then he'd cancel. Like he was never going to go there. There's well, toxic stuff in the air. He doesn't want to, <laughs> Secret Service like, dude, you're not allowed in there. <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. And, yeah. and frankly, if Palestine, am I saying it right? Palestine? I think East Palestine. Pal- I think that's East what Palestine? it was. Something like that. If yeah. East Palestine was Ukraine, then he would totally have gone. Right? Of course. Of course. Because <laughs> there's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to protect your investment. Mm. So anyway, <laughs> before we go into anything deep, I really want to touch on kind of where we are in this podcast. Yeah. I the response and we touched on this previous podcast, but the response has been pretty great. I've seen a lot of people that are commenting on kind of chiming in and leaving their two cents mm. on what they would like to see or what they would like us to talk about or topics that they would like us to touch, or other ways to get involved. I also saw um, a couple of our clips from our Andrew Tate thing, because you know Andrew Tate is a gift that keeps on giving. Anytime you mention Andrew Tate, the views go up like this, yeah. right? Because everyone wants to see what, yeah. what these guys say about Andrew Tate, right? And there were a couple of TikToks I saw out there that were in like the millions of views. People are cutting us up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I was telling you right outside before this, one of the one of my friends, or part of my network, uh, he saw a, a viral, like million viewed clip on TikTok. He's like, bro, I didn't even know you were doing this. And I was like, I didn't even know it was this hot on TikTok. But apparently it's blowing up. I, it looks like it. And right now people are taking our content from the video, cutting it up and putting it out there. And part of me is like, I have no problem with that. Awesome. Keep on doing it. Mm. But if we create a community where you could just have better access to the higher quality video and then you do it anyway, that's even better. Yeah, if we can provide it for you instead of you, you know, ripping it off the screen, right? Correct. I see. So someone on the comment section of one of the first videos reached out. His name is Matthew. And he said, how come you guys don't have a Discord? Aww. And I said, a Discord? Like, we're so new. Mm. What do we even do with Discord? And he's like, I'll set one up for you. He is in... Wales, I believe, or Scotland, somewhere in Scotland. UK area. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matthew, if you're listening. You already have a global audience, man. And he was like, I will set up the Discord for you. We'll set it up. I'll do the back end. We'll get the community set up. We'll get the bots going. And um, and maybe we can get people in. So do you, I just want to interject here. Do you see Discord as a mechanism and medium for getting feedback 
or is it more ideas or is it more community, which is a kind of an abstract idea? We probably should unpack all three of these, but yeah. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's a combination of all three, uh, but that's such a blanket thing to say. Mm. I think number one, I want to build a community of people that think similarly, mm. who want to consume the similar type of content and be able to have conversations. So be able to converse on things that we discuss, be able to expand it out a little bit further, extrapolate on those mm. ideas. Also a way as we bring in guests to do these conversations, maybe even be able to submit questions so that we can ask those people in advance, mm. let them know what we're going to be, who we're going to be bringing in, things that we're going to be discussing, have them give feedback prior to, and invite those guests to come into the Discord and maybe do some Q&As after the uh, episode drops. Like an AMA. Correct. Okay. Because sometimes people watch an episode like, damn, I wish you would have asked this or mm. something else I would like to know. And I'm pretty sure I can convince some guys to go in there and give an hour of their time or two hours at a time and do these types of things. Mm. I would also eventually like to get into live streaming. Mm. I think that's something that would be a lot of fun if we were to just live stream and really shoot off the hip. I mean, we're kind of shooting off the hip anyway. Correct. And live stream is a great way to get active audience participation on the moment during the time, you know, seeing seeing the chat go and, mm -hmm. and engaging with them but it can also be used for a full you know episode type thing that's cut up and post-processed too correct so eventually we want to build that community to be able to do all those things so we have launched our discord well we will launch our discord mm. um i think matthew is done with the back end so I think we're almost ready. And you took a quick peek behind the scenes. You're a little more familiar with Discord than I am. Yeah. I'm very new to Discord. The only time I've used it is for like mobile gaming. And I want to know like how to beat levels. <laughs> right? That's all my Discord history is. So you use it just for ga like gaming tips. Correct. You know, I actually am an extreme user of Discord. Let me kind of share. I use Discord to manage my $50 million venture fund. Hmm. Like... Every single thread is a different area, whether it's whether we're talking about deals, deal flow, we're talking about investment, these are different threads, or whether we're talking about marketing or optics, we're talking about legal, we're talking about finance. And so I use Discord as an extreme, you know, extreme example as an operator to literally manage a company full of, you know, 12, 13 people in one place. And the, the reason is, is because it's fa faster than email. Mm -hmm. You can connect so much quicker with context and you can have immediate conversation problem solving with people on the spot instead of shooting off an email being like, hey, bro, I'm thinking about this marketing campaign or I'm thinking about this deal or I'm thinking about this investment opportunity and then just sit and wait. It's better to be just like at, you know, somebody in Discord. Hey, man, this deal just came on my desk. I need you to do some diligence. Take a look at it. So for me, Discord, uh, I think, is probably one of the best tools that you can use if you have a culture that is willing to be on there all the bloody time. And we, in our business, we use Slack. Yeah. Which same, is same. similar. It's, it's kind of the same thing, though. Discord is more like the Gen Z version of Slack. Is that how you categorize it? I don't know. I mean, it looks almost exactly the same. Mm. It feels the same. One feels more corporate mm. and more business-like, which That's is Slack sure. version. Slack, yeah. And Discord has a lot more fun features to it which I think I like better. So who would be the, the user, I'm gonna use this word, who would be the user persona? Who would be the type of person that would want to jump into the Matt Kim ATL podcast Discord? I think anyone that's interested. 
What was I, that? You got to unpack that though. What does that well, mean? I, I think anyone that wants to see the podcast grow, oh. that wants to either help contribute in the con- community in one way, shape or form, or wants to get involved in maybe the ideas or get involved in maybe the questions or even finding and allocating guests. I think mm-hmm. there's so much because right now this podcast is literally done. I do 99% of this by myself. And if we want to grow, you need a team. Mm. And if you want to grow online, you need an internet army. <laughs> internet army. I haven't heard that in a long time. You need one. An internet right? army. And this is, I guess, this is step one of recruiting. Mm. You well, know? What's great about it is, is that you will find people who genuinely care about what you're doing. Correct. And they will volunteer their time to help you because they they align to your vision, to your purpose, right? So let me, now that I've stated that, let's backtrack just a second. What is the vision and purpose of ATL Pods and specifically what you and I are doing here at a 5 a.m. post in, <laughs> in, in the morning? What's that? What's that all about? Well, first, I'd like to say that in doing this podcast for the last month, month, it's been up, two months I've been working on it. It's probably the most fun I've had online ever. Mm. And I've made a lot of videos. I've done all of this crazy stuff. And this is by far the most I've ever enjoyed. Mm. If I can do this for the next 10, 20, 30 years of my life, I would love to. Why? Why is this? I cause, I mean, I could, I could count the ways that Matt Kim has exper- experimented in the world of video and content production. I could count them. Many of you guys out there know about all the different types of experiments from exotic cars to rally. To, what makes this so special? What makes this like the best thing that you've done ever in social and content creation? I think it's a lot about leaving an impact and leaving a positive impact on society. Mm. And in doing fun videos, it's just entertainment. I like the idea that we're helping people think, that we're challenging people's perception of maybe their own realities. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that we can actually make a difference in the world. And I think that's the most important to me. I feel like what we're doing will really make a difference one day. I think with the Discord as well, it's an opportunity for people to, to I'm gonna use this word, but it's a safe space it's a safe place to ask questions that you and I are willing to talk about. Correct. Because in many cases, for many people online, there's no outlet. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this this shit is happening online. I agree with it or disagree. It doesn't matter. But who do I talk to mm-hmm. I, if I have a question about it? Who, 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 who could I listen to that would take my ideas or my questions and really unpack them a little bit? And I think maybe that's the one of the many user personas of people that would want to join the the Matt Kim uh, Discord is that they're looking for an outlet to ask those questions and to have people talk about them, whether they're right or wrong. Correct. And I think part of it would be to bring in ex sub subject matter experts. Mm. So someone that may be experienced in stocks mm. or real estate or maybe entrepreneurship or crypto or Web three or different types of categories. In which case, you at least can ask a reliable expert on certain topics or throw around ideas and get honest feedback. Because most of the discords I've searched around are people that are just kind of saying what they think they need to say. Mm. And to have people that really don't have any skin in the game as far as their own promotion, Mm. but just want to do it because they want to help. Those are the type of people I want to bring in to also be advisors 
mentors. Uh. And I think that would add huge value add to people who are watching. So if we brought someone in um, that wants to know about construction and we bring a guy that has a very successful construction company, mm. that's a great way to go into that channel and start asking questions. And if you can answer some things, like when do you get access to these type of people? And if you try to just reach out to them on DM, because I remember when I was big into the cars, people used to reach out and DM me all the time. He's still big into cars, guys. <laughs> uh, he's talking about this like he does not into cars, bro. <laughs> people ask questions. You know, like, how do you do this? Or how do you do this? And you can't respond to everyone individually. Mm. But if you can respond in a community, then a lot of those questions that get asked repeatedly do it. But we can't, we can't make an episode about every single question either. So the theme then, if I were to extract from what we've just talked about, is really purpose-built around business. Now, your audience and your success as an entrepreneur and operator, you have a vast network of successful entrepreneurs, successful operators, successful businessmen, uh, you know, because you're a successful businessman. And so like minds attract each other. And so this podcast in many ways is leveraging an already existing network, Correct. an already existing theme of business, successful business and learnings from that. So I think a lot of in a lot of cases, most podcasts don't have that. They're starting off vanilla. They're starting off with no network. But you already have success as a businessman you already have success as an, as an entrepreneur and operator so for you to be able to pull from that theme and find people that are willing to talk and, and unpack and discuss their particular world or their particular business i think makes a lot of sense and i think a lot of podcast discord channels that i've seen because i've scrolled through several and a lot of the podcasters or the hosts start in that podcast i mean start in that discord but as time goes on they leave mm. and it takes a lot of time to manage a community like that i would like to think that i'm gonna be better at it than the others in the past it's so easy to say mm. because right now we're so young and mm. we have a little bit extra time and we're willing to invest a little bit more time sweat sweat equity i think this discord is a i think this discord is a great idea mm -hmm. i think it's an opportunity to invite people into the world that you're creating mm -hmm. and to be able to in to find, I like to use this analogy, to find their seat on the on the spaceship. Now, there's lots of seats on the spaceship. The spaceship's rumbling, the spaceship's moving, the spaceship's going to outer space. It's gonna gonna go to the moon. It's gonna shoot to the stars. Like we're gonna win. Like that's the whole idea, right? We're on a spaceship, but there's lots of seats on that spaceship. And in many cases, we're not gonna be in the best position to tell you where to find your seat. You got to find it yourself. Mm -hmm. And so a Discord is a great place for people to jump in and say, hey, you know what? I'm good at X or I'm good at Y or this is something that I care about. Or maybe I just want to be a lurker and I just want to ask questions out again. That's fine too. But at the end of the day, it gives autonomy to the individual to say, I want to get in this Discord. I want to find where I fit. I want to find where my seat is. And maybe, just maybe, they'll, they'll be willing to help out as well. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. If that were the case, I would love for people to join and get involved. Um, can you could you could you see this Discord? Let's forget Discord. Could you see this community being like huge? I do. I think the things that we talk about, the way we approach uh, different topics, I think a lot of people relate to it. Mm. And there's just the internet is full with so much bullshit, right? And we talk about this all the time. Everything we read, everything we watch, everything we see is scripted. Mm. And it's just bullshit after bullshit. And everyone that says they're not bullshit is more bullshit because that's their ploy, yeah. right? 
hey, watch me because I'm not bullshit. No, you're the same shit as everybody else. Yes. Everything's rehearsed, mm. right? Everything is pre-planned. We just come here and literally like, we have like three topics that we want to touch. So we're not like completely disorganized. But at the same time, this is how we really are. This mm. is how we think. This is what our life experiences have taught us. Mm. And it's our way to share it with other people. And I think people really do relate to that. I think people want to see more of that in the world. And I think if we end up being successful, and that's a huge if, right? There's so many factors involved. I'm going to cut you off right there, Matt. And I will say that you will be successful if you continue to grind this thing for 10 years. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. If we look at all the major content creators, you're Casey Neistat. You know Casey Neistat, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Like, got bought out by CNN or whatever. Like, that guy, in the beginning, I remember watching him when he had, like, 20,000 subscribers mm -hmm. back in, like, 2009 or something. I'm making stuff up now. But, like, he's not the prettiest person in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, frankly, I'll just be honest. He's ugly. Yeah. Yeah, right? He's in New York City. But he just didn't stop. Same with PewDiePie, mm -hmm. right? The guy, the Norwegian guy. Yep. Or the Swiss guy. Or uh, Sweden, Something like that. Swedish guy. Like, not, like, the best well-spoken not a super great communicator but the motherfucker just didn't stop grinding mm -hmm. and so if this is from what we've talked about previously if this is the most fun that you've had creating content and having honest and real conversations with real people i i do not see a reality where you're not successful and i would love to believe that that all it takes is hard work because that's what we're told right if you work hard <laughs> it can happen you're not wrong. But not that's wrong. also part of the ploy. Is it? <laughs> right? are, 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 it are, is. Are we? Okay. Because there are other things involved that are just, that are bigger than just hard work. Not wrong. I think there's a, there's a lot between here and success, right? Correct. Part of, part of success. Have to get lucky a few times along the way. Mm. Need certain things to help push you and give you a little bit of momentum. Fair enough. Need a little bit of wind behind your sail. Fair enough. These are things that also have to happen. But... Can I say, in defense of hard work, that hardworking individuals are resourceful? Correct. And so it's not like, hey, I'm just going to do the same shit over and over and over again for 10 years. No, that's not going to work. It is a, I'm going to continue to grind. I'm going to continue to iterate. I'm going to inspect. I'm going to adapt. I'm going to change based on data, which you're collecting tons of data, which I love. Uh, you're getting, you're having feedback loops with people, with community. You're, you're taking that in and you're adjusting as you go. So I think between here and success, certainly there's the theme of hard work and consistency. But I think another stream there is you have to be resourceful in, in trying multiple things to figure out what works and what doesn't. Is that fair? I think it's a, it's a battle between your own ambition, hard work your own willpower to keep on going mm. versus the system, which is going to say, eh, I don't know if we like these guys. Uh, I don't know if we like what they're talking about. Maybe if they drank a little more of the Kool-Aid, we'd help them a little bit more uh, because there is a button in YouTube that goes YouTube approved. <laughs> Boom. Right. It exists. It exists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. know where it is. We yeah. don't know what it's called. Yeah. We don't know who controls it, but that button what thousand percent exists that button exists on every social platform correct by the way correct and i can speak explicitly to this because i've built social networks in the past and i had buttons that i was like i like this guy's shit mm -hmm. i'm gonna promote this to everybody mm -hmm. and 
you'd say, oh, you know, you're you're the you you know you're the the guy behind the curtain. Hell yeah, I was. It's my social network. Yeah. It's my community. Like if I want to promote this, I want to put this in front of everybody so it gets more playtime, gets more virality, gets more more views, it gets more you know more people engaged or enraged. Uh, right. Trust me. Every single architect of any social platform has the button that enables them to promote what they want to promote. Full stop. And how do you get them to push the button on you? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. What I do know is if you stay in your lane, if you commit to a niche that they like, and you move forward in that one topic only, like we know what we're going to get from this channel. We know who mm -hmm. the audience is. We know that the advertisers do or do not like these people. Mm. And therefore, we can give them a little bit of wind. Mm. But if we're like, okay, these guys are, I don't know. There's enough of these guys out there. You know, they seem a little extreme. Maybe there's too many of them. But do I we would, really I want would, to add I another category? I would disagree with you, though, because we've had this conversation before, Matt, where there are other Asians out there creating podcasts. Mm -hmm. But those guys' content is all about sex, relationships, and the popular, you know, social bullshit that's happening mm -hmm. out there, and usually in entertainment world, mm -hmm. right? But we're not that. No. So far from it. I would say that we are creating a category all on our own because I have never, and you guys out there, let us know if we're wrong here. I've never seen or consumed or watched content of two Asian guys speaking rationally and logically and honestly. I think that's important. Mm -hmm being honest about just the shit that we're talking about in our perspective. And so is it that we're, we're trailblazing this new, this new category, I think. And the question is, is that a gap in the marketplace that no one has done it? Or is that a lot of people have tried it and they've killed it? <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Are they not allowing it? And we don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. You know what? But maybe. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, it maybe. could be the other way. Maybe there's a million of us out there and like, no, we like... We like our Asian guys to be this way. Ooh. So let's just not promote this stuff. That's an interesting perspective. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there were. Maybe there is and or were. And or we was. just don't get fed it. We just don't get fed it. Yeah. We don't get served. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But it'd be an interesting proposition. You know, if I could find someone that has attempted to do what we're doing, I would I love to pick their brain. I have to, I have to believe that no other two Asians... I, have done this. <laughs> I feel like everything in life someone at least has attempted maybe attempted mm -hmm. maybe attempted especially these days with the day of internet internet and where we are now it's hard to be the original first mm. and to say that we're the original first it's a really bold thing to say so why don't we just say it anyway i mean fuck it why not First. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag first. I love it. I love it. This Discord thing is great. I love this idea of bringing community in. Um, I, I can't wait to see how it grows and see who emerges mm -hmm. as maybe internal community leaders, people who want to incite and instigate positive reactions or positive engagement. Like, I'm really excited to see where this goes. So let me run something by you real quick. Something I spoke to Matthew again, who put the Discord together. We had the idea of giving people who joined the Discord, maybe the first 50 or 100 people, a special badge. Because in Discord, that means something. Yeah. Does that mean something? I, I don't know. Yeah. Would that be helpful? Is that something that would interest people? Be like, okay, 
I'm an OG. Maybe we'll give him an OG badge. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know join now to get the OG badge. Absolutely. And after 100 people, no one will ever get it. Absolutely. Because, Is that a thing? Uh, absolutely. Well, I keep saying absolutely because it's so true. What I have created forums. I have created community mm-hmm. systems. And frankly, it is a badge of honor to be part of the OGs who were there down, I always like to say this, down since day one, Hmm. who helped build the kind of the social infrastructure of that community. And to be able to say, like, I got the OG badge because I was here in the first, you know, 60 days and helping build this, like, I know it's magic internet props and magic internet achievements, right, on your digital achievement wall that doesn't really exist. But bro... Call me petty. I love that <laughs> shit. Like if I, like I, you know, if you look at my Twitter account, for example, uh, I think I joined in April 2008 or mm. 2009 or something like this. Like, dude, I'm fucking one of the OGs on Twitter, yeah. man. Like that was a big deal. Do you remember, do you remember getting uh, Gmail? Do you remember when yes. Gmail, you had to get invited from someone yes. who was already part of the yeah. system? Like I remember when I got my first five invites, I just sent those invites to myself. Hmm. So I had all these new Gmail accounts. Where you could actually get your own name. Yeah. <laughs> now bro, forget bro. about it. Bro, so maybe I'm too steeped in the magic internet world of achievements um, and, and digital rewards. But I, I for me, that means something. It means that I can show social proof that I was part of something in the beginning. And I, it so, might, sounds weird coming out of my mouth saying it to you, especially Matt. Because like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? But actually, people care about that, man. Huh. They Interesting. So I mean I, I'm totally getting one of those badges by the way. Yeah, of course. Totally. Would you do that on a time basis or a number? What do you think? Oof. Like do we say people who sign up in the first 60 days or do we say first 100? I think first I think first 100 is pretty solid. That that makes it interesting and Well yeah, because it's like I mean to be able to say I was 89th yeah. or I was 99th yeah. or I you know I was 69th. Nice. You know? <laughs> like that matters. Like yeah. I would I would I would, if in, in the right moment socially, mm-hmm. and someone to say, hey, you know, you heard about that, you know, Matt Kim and the ATL pods, like, like it's a big deal. Yeah. I was down since day one, bro. I got the OG badge. I got the OG badge. <laughs> and people look at you like, why do you care? Because I was there. I helped yeah. build it. Like, it matters. Like, those, those mo- small validations and those small social moments, even someone like me. Mm. As petty as it sounds, it is as as ephemeral and as 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 shallow as it's as it sounds, bro. I'm all about it. All right, then I think that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do an OG badge, Matthew. If you're listening, add it to the Discord. <laughs> right? Uh, we'll do the OG badge. Uh, OG badge. I like that. We'll do the OG badge. OG badge for the first hundred people that join the Discord. We're gonna try to be as active as we can within that Discord. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think it's gonna be great. Second thing to note right now that we are adding Will to the pod and he's off screen, but he will be, if you watch Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan has Jamie yep. who kind of facts checks because, <laughs> you know, sometimes we spew some crazy shit. We can. And, and uh, we were, last time we were talking about the six, seven presidents that existed before George Washington. I actually looked it up. Yes. It was like 12. Yeah. It was like more than 10. I would love to fact check that at the moment. Yeah. So Will's going to check in. Will, say hi real quickly. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Will? (laughs) So I think that's going to be a nice ad. I think being able to bring context Mm. and maybe an objective third party to our conversations, I think will be extremely helpful and add huge value. So I'm excited to add that part of it. We're going to also be able to play 
uh, clips in the background while we're filming and showing. So we'll have it on the screen here and uh, be able to play YouTube clips or clips from Twitter or whatever else. And I think that will add a another dimension. Um, I feel like we've spent our entire episode this time just housekeeping. But I think it's important well, to get I, an idea of what we're thinking about. I think for the the OGs, for the OGs who are listening to us, the hustlers, the grinders that are waking up at five, five o'clock in the morning who are listening to this podcast, for them it matters mm. because we're showing the behind the scenes and we're, we're willing to discuss the actual build of this podcast, mm. which is, I mean, how, let's be honest. How many podcasts have you listened to where they actually talked about the behind the scenes numbers and they actually talked about how they're changing or improving stuff? So okay. every time you say something, it gets me questioning everything. Is that because if they do it, nobody listens and nobody cares? Or have they tried it and it's so obscure that the algorithm never even shows it to us? Well, I always- You see what I'm saying? Like that's, I know, I know that's always the balance here. I know what you're saying, but at the same time, like for me as an operator, entrepreneur, I care about that. Mm -hmm. No, so so call it my bias, what have you. But I want to know the mechanics behind it. I want to know what you guys have done to improve. You know, I could I could I could show up in 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 two months, and and not listen to any podcasts for two for sixty days, and come back and be like, whoa, you've improved X, you've improved Y, you've improved Z. I see that you're doing A. You got Will now. You're like, wow, that's great. But for me. I care about what did you do over the last 60 days? Like, let's talk about the meta. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the, you know, the, 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 the infrastructure and the architecture of what we've done here. Like for me, that matters because it helps me as an operator understand how to leverage that knowledge so that I can improve the stuff that I'm doing. So am I biased as an entrepreneur and operator and especially investor in companies? Cause I need to understand the back office and what they're actually doing. Yeah. I'm highly biased there, but I have to believe, maybe based on my bias, that people who are OGs mm. care about that because they can now be part of that narrative and say, I was there, I watched them do it, they talked about the meta, and I, I injected X, and then it improved Y. Like, for me, that matters. So maybe it's just my bias. Because we get comments every once in a while. One, one gentleman said, hey, your volume is too low on YouTube. And I listen to your podcast with my AirPods on. Mm. And when I go to the next video, it blows out my ears. <laughs> and I'm kind of pissed off about it. <laughs> and I wanted to unsubscribe, but I like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still here. But please work on the gain. So we did today. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it's better. We are taking feedback from people right. and trying to improve. So every day we're trying to get better. So we let me ask you this then. Maybe... Because there's a, because you, we're starting this di Discord community, maybe we sh should save the BTS behind the scenes for community members. Hmm. That makes sense. So we don't necessarily behind the scenes live streaming. Yeah, I, like I that. love that shit, yeah. Matt. Like yeah. because then, then then you're just talking about the business. You're mm -hmm. talking about how are we going to grow this thing? How are we going to make this thing successful? To me, that might not be primetime content, mm -hmm. but bro, I would tune in at 9, 9 p.m. late at night if you're going to do a live stream for 45 minutes or an hour to talk about, hey, this is how we've improved the business over the last week. Bro, I'd tune in. I love live streaming. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most fun part of doing content online. I remember 
when I was doing my YouTube channel a few years back and I would start live streaming and I would do like four hours, five hours. I remember. You know, and I people remember. would sit there for the whole time. Yeah. And I had a lot of people in there. Yeah. And there was a time actually when my wife and I used to live stream in Korea. I remember. Holy shit, dude. That You guys were crushing it too. We had thousands of people. You, watching us in Korea. <laughs> if I, I don't want to, I don't want to step out of balance. But I think I feel like there was a moment when I signed in, and I had my wife sign in, mm-hmm. and there were like thirty thousand motherfuckers on that thing. <laughs> yeah, I was, was like, "How do you have thirty us. fucking thousand people watching your shit?" All from Korea. It was awesome, <laughs> and, and 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 the focus was like exotic cars, right? Yeah. And so all these Koreans from Korea, yeah, they like, want to oh, see the cars. All these, yeah. cars. bro, I had forgotten about that. And then they used to be like, hey, can you guys jump in the Lamborghini and go eat dinner? We want to see what it, what a steakhouse like. Yeah. So they'd be like, Here, here's here's tip, here's tip. We're buying for dinner. We're paying for gas. Like, can you guys go? I'm like, all right. Like, you guys are paying for dinner. Like, how am I not going to go to dinner? Yeah. And we used to camera with us and go eat dinner. Why did that die? That was and, so good. And the waitresses and the servers used to, like, say hi to live stream in Korea. And we had a lot of fun doing it. <sighs> I think it's one of those things that just died out during COVID. Mm. You know? Because... How can people are stuck at home and we didn't want to be like, oh, look at us. Like we're mm-hmm. living our life. Mm-hmm. Life is awesome. And live streaming is one of those things that you take a day off, became takes a month off, take a few months off. And all of a sudden it fizzles. Yeah. And then how do you get back in? Like, hey, guys, I'm back. Like, it's weird. Live streaming is really like you have to. Well, live streaming is requires a different set of principles and disciplines away from content correct because you are now actively engaged with with real people who are tuning in to hear you live Mm. and so it's a different context it's a different user persona group it's a different marketing spiel and it requires you as a content creator to have less freedom Mm. you understand what i mean when i say that right because you and i can create this podcast asynchronously and we can chop it up and make and post it whenever we want but live stream requires you and me to align our schedules together we're going to be hanging out at this time we're going to be talking about these topics we got to keep the ball moving right and works and people who we're humans are they're creatures of habit and so once you have a live stream that shows i'm making this up but it shows up on thursday every day at two you know two o'clock in the afternoon people start scheduling for that shit yeah and then once you disappoint them and you don't show up they get pissed they get pissed <laughs> and then and you don't feel good about it right and so live streaming is a is a, a pressure i understand it well because i've live streamed so many times like it's a pressure that i have not enjoyed Probably as much as you've probably enjoyed. I, I just a, that that it, I felt like I was always shackled to this time box mm. where it's like, fuck, do I really want to do it right now? I don't have the attitude. I don't have the the momentum. Or I don't have. I'm not feeling good about it. But damn it, these people are waiting for me, and so I, I struggled so much with live streaming because it felt like I was constraining myself and be moving more into a corporate employee mindset than an autonomous operator entrepreneur mindset, if that makes sense. I feel like when we used to live stream, we would just take out the camera or take out the phone, turn it on at any given time or point, and we would be anywhere. Sometimes my wife would live stream. We're like driving to Charleston Mm. and she'll just live stream the whole way. And people would just take that three hour ride with us. I think I tuned into one of those. I think I tuned into one of those if I remember. And people would just sit there and chat with us and talk. And I really enjoyed it. So and it's but, something I would love to do again. But for you, your audience was okay with the fact that, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but your audience at the time was okay with the fact that 
as long as they had the bell notification on. Correct. Then as long as you're live streaming, they're cool with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you had a set a set schedule. No, not at all. It was literally, mm-hmm. hey, you want to turn it on? Okay. Mm. At any given time or point. So let me ask you this. Since you love live streaming mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you're thinking about doing it again, would it be the, hey, I'm just throwing it on whenever I want or would you move to a schedule? <sighs> That's the hardest part, right? That schedule get, locks you in, man. It's exactly. Rough. It's rough. When you start scheduling your live streams, it feels forced. Yeah. Sometimes you're not in the mood. And then now you have to, you feel like you have to act for the camera. Now you have to perform. Which I don't want to perform for anybody. Mm. I'm not a monkey. But, fuck. (laughs) 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 When you said, I'm not a monkey, dude, I looked right at this. I was like, what the fuck? I just felt the irony there. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) But I think there's something natural about just turning it on mm. you know but you know but if you want to grow you have to schedule it and you hence, now i'm questioning you though i think you do you know i think again it's about consistency right if we said every day every friday at 8 p.m for those that are not going to go out and get wasted if you want to hang out with us instead to spend your friday night because you want to be productive on a saturday mm. which there is a small people a group of people out there like, all my buddies are partying on Friday night. Oh, yeah. But I would rather stay home on Friday night so that I can be productive on Saturday. That's mm-hmm. a huge segment of people that are almost forgotten by all the weekend partying. So let me content. let me give you some optionality here. Sometimes with behind-the-scenes communities, there is a paid structure mm-hmm. where it's like, I will show up at this time, but you have to pay for the pleasure of my time because mm. you're behind the scenes and you're maybe you're a more engaged individual in our community than the the normies or the guys who are just lurking. So you are getting compensated for that time allocation. Mm. So that might be an option that you, you could explore and say, hey guys, you know, if I'm going to be live streaming, you know, at a particular time that's locked in, like every Friday night at 8 p.m., then I do require some type of subscription to to ensure that I'm being compensated fairly for this lock-in. I and, don't uh, want to charge people to hang out, at least not yet. You know, I, I understand that. I understand that, but I'll, I'll counter with a, a, a saying that I, I that I feel like I made up, but I say it a lot to people is that. You should always be paid well for the work that you're willing to do and to serve others, lest you, lest you despise those you serve, hmm. right? Because sometimes when you give too much of yourself and you, and for example, let's, let's use an example. You're, you're streaming Friday, 8 p.m., and you're, you're doing it like a god for six months straight. I mean, you are just locked in every Friday, 8 p.m. for six months straight. Now the grind's starting to get to you. Yeah. Right? And now you're like, you know what? It feels like work now. Yeah. And I don't want to despise the people that I'm serving. Mm. And so lest I, you know, I should be paid or I might begin to despise the people that I'm trying to love on. So I've always struggled with that, Matt. And I don't know, you know, we're going to, you're going to experiment through this, but I've always struggled with that because for me, if I'm going to set up a time, daggum it, bro. I feel like I need to get paid. I feel like what we're doing is an act of service. Yeah. That's what And you don't like. want to end up despising those you serve. That's my point. And that's such a fine line, right? Mm. Between like, we're going to put some content behind a paywall. 
Well, we're not valuable right now. Yeah, but even eventually, you know, put things behind a paywall. And I, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that, you know, because a lot of channels do that, right? Where you get the basic and then if you want to get the real stuff, you got to pay. Well, yeah, they, because they use a cohort model, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like the reason you pay is for a specific targeted, you know, learning objective, right? Like, you know, you can get the, the free stuff here, but if you want to go deep in marketing or you want deep in sales techniques, then that's why we have this hours, you know, cut off for just those who are willing to pay the extra 15 bucks just for that extra hour of deep dive, you know, techniques and deep dive advice and deep dive, you know, uh, special engagement opportunities, right? These types of things. So in many cases, the paywall is for purpose, not just for hangout time, right? I can see that because we've, I've put in a lot of time and money into even getting this off the ground in order to make it sound good, give it a professional look and feel and polish. Mm. It's not easy. No, it it's great. a huge investment. Yeah. And you guys don't see what we're, what I'm looking at. Man. This is <laughs> this is some this, this is top tier shit. Actually, this is far superior to to the Joe Rogan in the first eight years Correct. of Joe Rogan's life. And with no plan to recoup that investment, no plan. You know, so eventually one day I'm gonna be like, damn, maybe I need to make some money out of this. You know, there's some humility in there. I'm gonna interject. The truly, Matt spent money and time building this out. With no plan. You guys remember our first episode together. With no plan on monetization. None. It's just you. Actually, let's, let's retrace that a little bit. I want to make sure I get the narrative right. You just wanted to do this because you felt fill in the blank. I wanted to do it because I felt as though my voice, I wanted my voice to be heard. I wanted my voice to matter. Mm. I felt like there were so many people out in the world that are feeling lost, that don't feel like they have direction. And if through my experience and my shared experience, I can help somebody, I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth my investment. I would rather invest my money into this and help someone else than just give it to some charity that's going to spend one cent of the dollar and 99 cent for the CEO. Not wrong. You know, I'd rather spend my money that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like at least I'm giving value back to the world versus just empty check. And time is the most valuable asset that we have. Absolutely. And I'm giving my time. I'm giving immense. I mean, one episode probably takes me five, six, seven hours to get prepped. I and understand. I make 30 cents <laughs> in YouTube <laughs> revenue for yeah, doing baby. that. <laughs> you know? Making that money. You know, cash and checks. Uh, so again, this is not, this is our project of passion. Mm. And if the project of passion and monetization ever intertwine. I don't know when that happens, if that ever happens. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I have no idea where this goes. And so would you say that your commitment to doing this podcast, is, of course, it's a, a project of passion, clearly stated. But for you, it's it's something that you're willing to endeavor on because you're excited about where it could go? Or is it just the overly simplistic act of giving and serving because you believe that your voice matters. I think it's both. And I don't Mm. think that they are separate from each other. They're mutually exclusive. Correct. Mm. I think as we put our ideas and our thoughts and our words out onto the internet and out into the world, we'll naturally gather a community of people, of like-minded people, 
And it gives those people an ability to give their voice also. And you're not focusing just on the Asian demographic. No. Though I think there's some implicit kind of marketing or some implicit optics to that. I think so. I think as growing up as an Asian man in the United States, I mean, I didn't have it very easy. You know, I grew up in Ohio or I went to high school in Ohio and I was one of maybe four Asian kids in my whole school, mm. right? All white and black school and a couple, few Indians. And I remember, this is a funny story. When we were in high school, <laughs> we were in a, in, I was in an intramural basketball team and we were the only Asian kids and we made our own basketball team. And on the back of our jerseys, one kid had chink. No. One kid wrote yellow because we put names on the back of our jerseys. And I put gook. That mm. shit wouldn't fly. That no shit way. wouldn't fly in today's world, man. But in the back, 90s, yeah. But back then, that was our way of making a social stance. Ooh. And it was weird. I didn't really even think about it at the time. It just felt like what we wanted to do. Because we could play. We could play ball. Mm. But people see like the group of Asian guys and like, oh, like these guys can't play, whatever. And we grew up around that really kind of weird Asian negativity. Mm. And when people say like it's hard for Asians now, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you have no idea what it used to be like. This is amazing now. <laughs> Bro. World is say fantastic. Less. Say less, <laughs> dude. Growing up in the 80s, the 80s and 90s as an Asian man, especially in places where it's mostly white and black, dude, it was rough, bro. It was not easy. And we had to fight our way through all of it to try to break stereotypes. And we had no role models. None. There, there, were, there were no role models. None. But I, I, I have to backtrack just a little bit. I had I played on the intramural basketball team with Asians too. And what I always found fascinating is that Asians can ball. Mm -hmm. Like truly. Yeah. Like I don't know what this the the perception of the world is that Asians can't ball, but it's completely wrong. <laughs> like we're not we're not dunking on people. No. Right? We're not dunking on people. No, but I'm bro, not dunking on anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but we we could hang with the yeah. with with the better of you know of the of the of our demographic, right? We could hang, like mm -hmm. we could play good games, good solid games, right? And so I I always found it odd growing up playing basketball with with other Asians that there was this optics and this perception that we sucked when it, when in reality we weren't bad. No, no, I used to play a lot of ball and mm -hmm. I loved playing it. Now I'm too old and my knees are shot and et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> right? And excuse after excuse. But well, now uh, I see you at the golf course complaining about there's too many people. The golf course is shit. I love golf. That's <laughs> that's where all my time and effort has gone into golf. I'm the old man at the golf course now. But yeah, growing up, Asian was not easy. And there was no role models, mm. no one to look up to, mm. no one speaking our truth, mm. no one that had a shared experience with us. It just didn't exist at all. It didn't exist. You know, um, I can't count. The number of times I've been a part of a Jackie Chan or a Bruce Lee reference. Uh -huh. A million. Uh -huh. Right? And after a while, it doesn't even bother you anymore. You're so used to it. It's just a part of who you were. Right? And and when we were in high school, so the funny you say that. Kung Fu movies were getting really big. Uh -huh. Wu-Tang Clan had a huge part in that because they popularized Kung Fu movies yeah. within the black community. Yeah. And uh, I had a lot of black friends growing up. So a lot of hip-hop in my life growing up. And... You know, but there was no Asian person to look up to. None. And back then with a Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker movie, mm -hmm. Chris Tucker was racist as shit, dude. Yep. But no, like none of us, and I'll just speak for myself. I did not see that as racist. Mm -mm. I was just like, it's fucking funny. He's, he's got a bad Chinese you know, accent or whatever he's and doing. And just so happy to see an Asian guy on the big screen 
with American actors. Absolutely. It was such a big deal. It was huge. You know, because it was not just a Bruce Lee movie with just Bruce Lee and this mm -hmm. or Jackie Chan and just other Asians or a Chiang Fat movie, right? which was huge, right? <laughs> right. There was like, they broke through. And for me, that, that was a big deal back then, mm. you know, and... And now K-pop is big and, you know, all these other things are getting bigger and you see more Asians out there. But all the Asians in media are so left and woke leaning. Mm. Like, where are the free thinking Asians? Because I speak to them and I see them on a daily basis, right? They're everywhere, but yet they're not represented at all. I remember when Andrew Yang made his push for presidency. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, nice. Good for him. Yeah. And then he started talking. I was like, okay, like, oh, okay. He had a couple of good ideas, right? He had the universal basic in income thing, which I thought was a good idea at first. And then COVID happened and then everyone got free money. And then you saw what happened. You're like, okay, that idea sucked, right? <laughs> but at least it was an idea that was interesting and unique. And he kept on pushing on this math thing because I'm Asian and I'm like math. I was like, okay, like, fine. I'll, I can accept that. Too. The trope so, works. Because you're running for president. Mm. I can accept it. And then it didn't happen, which no one thought he would win anyway. Mm. But then he went on CNN and he became a yes man. I was like, oh, what a fucking sellout. He bro. sold out. This motherfucker. He sold out. He, so, he told us that he was different. He was going to battle AI. Mm. And he was going to do something good for the cause. And I'm smarter than these guys. And more. And then he he just sold out like everybody else. And I was like, fuck this guy. I like your term that you, you just made up. FTA. Free thinking Asian. Yeah. That's pretty legit. Yeah. Like there, we live in a world today, and for those out there that are watching this, you correct us if we're wrong, but I think there's a true lacking of free thinking Asians. Yes. It's like, well, seriously. I don't think there's a seriously. lack of them. I just think, I just don't think they're visible. I there, think there's yeah, plenty of them out there. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I think I'm there's, sure there's there plenty of them there. out there. Yeah. Mm. I just don't think they're represented because society wants to pigeonhole Asians into one category of people Asian. And they want all the Asians to be one way. They want, mm. they keep on pushing this model, this model minority thing, right? This is how Asians should be. Mm. And if you look around, like, I don't know many Asian doctors. Like, I know of, and I know of many, but they're not the majority. Mm. Most Asian guys I know are not doctors, engineers, or scientists. Mm. It's just not. But they it's make true. it seem like this, the road that everyone's pursuing. And then makes other Asian guys feel like, fuck, maybe I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That was never the goal. That's that's a good point. I, it's interesting. What I love about these conversations with you, Matt, is we, we come from similar backgrounds, but at the same time, there's so much that we've experienced that is different. That yes. When you bring up comments in, of, of kind of what you've seen out there in the world and what you've experienced, it clashes against what I've seen. Mm. And it makes me think about it because I haven't, I haven't thought about it this way, but you're not wrong. Like there is this Asian, what did you say? Asian model? Model minority. Model minority. Mm -hmm. I've heard that before, but it's never clicked until now. Like there truly is a mainstream media model minority persona for Asian men. Let's this is how that. they want you to be. Right. This so is they're almost projecting that this is how we want you to be. Stay in your lane. Correct. Mm. It, people think it's, this is how Asians are. So this is why the term exists, to show what they're like. But this must be so it's shocking not. to people then, to hear two Asians that can speak a good English, <laughs> good, good people English, uh, you know, and, and talking rationally and, and, and logically about ideas and about business. This must be shocking to some people, I think. I mean, I think it's different. 
you know? And I think that's why it's exciting. I mm. think that's why I'm excited. Because again, I was actively looking for it. And when I realized mm. it didn't exist, I'm like, fuck it, let's just start our own. They say the best ideas stem from imminent need. Mm. And so you were looking for a content creators, for people, free thinking Asians, communicating on a platform and since there wasn't, or at least maybe it hasn't been promoted or served to you, which we covered previously, it was your time to say, you know what, I'm going to take on this mantle, I'm going to do it, and let's see how it works. I think it's similar to like the term white privilege gets thrown around a lot. Mm. And there's a lot of white guys I know, they're like, what the fuck, where, where, where's mine? <laughs> right? Like, where's my card? Where's you my privilege, man? Like, where's mine? Yeah. Right? But they keep on pushing that narrative. And, and white guys are like, what the fuck? Like, I, where's my privilege? I don't get any. If anything, we're on the shit end of every every transaction. Frankly speaking, um, I'm you raised in Ohio. I was raised in a lot of different places, but I, I spent some some a good amount of time in Jacksonville, Florida. I will tell you from my perspective alone, anecdote, Peter Saddington all the way, is that the worst people in the, not worst, the people who have it the worst in society are the poor white man. Yeah. Like you Forgotten. think, like seriously, you think being a, like, let's just speak plainly here. You think the mainstream media would have you think that being a poor black person is like the worst place you could be. Wrong. Mm -hmm. Trust me when I tell you, I have lived and worked with poor black men and poor white men. Bro, the poor white men have it exceptionally worse. Mm. It, it because you are completely forgotten. Mm. You're complete. You have there's almost zero advantages for you. No social programs for you. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. No handouts. Yeah. No one to give you. Like a if you're boost. a poor white dude in Ohio, it's tough. It's the worst. I mean, they'll let your city burn. Yeah. Like in East Palestine. Yeah. You True. know. Oh, chemical fire, no problem. <laughs> Just drink the water. <laughs> you know, like just drinking the water. I saw no problem. This, I saw this like news reporter. I just have to talk about this. I saw this news reporter throwing a rock uh, into like the stream and the, and, and the ripple. Yeah, and like the all these ball. like like rainbow mm. oils started yep. popping up, and I'm like, bro, there's no way, there's no way that you'd want to live in this place anymore. No way. No way. But it's a poor side of town, and, and they're like, forget it. It's just poor white people. We'll just let the news cycle move on. Mm -hmm. And people will forget. Are you not into trains? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad for them. You know, mm -hmm. I feel bad for people who live in those areas that are just shit on constantly, mm -hmm. forgotten by the government that they elect, and that they just have to live in the conditions that they have. And the mainstream media continues to pour negativity on them because they'll look at them and say, this is why Trump, you know, this yeah. is why Trump, this yeah. is why Trump, these yeah. ign ignorant white people, uh, you know, out in these, the burbs or whatever. It's like, bro, you're not wrong in some regards, but they really do have it almost the worst. They're still Americans. We should, we should fair, take fair. care of our own before we worry about taking care of people outside. Oh, for sure. We're going to spend, send billions of dollars to Ukraine, but we're not going to help our own people here. I don't know. <laughs> did we go? Did we go? Did we go way too far off this topic? Of <laughs> I have no to go? idea. I have no idea. So I would like this podcast to keep on going. Um, I would like for it to go. I don't know indefinitely. I think it's something that I would really be interested in doing. I would like it that one day this is all that I do. I think if I had to have a goal in my life, that's something that I would like. That this is what I do in my life now. Well, I I will say that I'm not, 
I don't have the same aspirations as you. Mm -hmm. I love being part of this. Mm -hmm. I love talking to you. I think you and I have a great synergy and we're just real. I mean, you and I have been through the shit in the blender before anyway. Um, but one of the things that I know that will come out of this, if, if you continue to hustle and continue to grind and continue to persevere on this is you will meet, your life will be changed. And I can say that because in, in my line of work, I've met so many people that have changed and improved my life because I'm willing to engage with them and mm -hmm. willing to hear their story and willing to, to learn from them. And you will impact people. You will be changed. You will learn so much about the human, the human spectrum, right? The human experience of sorts. And I think that's, I think that is something that is worth endeavoring on because it's so easy for everyone in the world to, to have their mobile device and be locked into their matrix and this is all that they know. But man, there's so much more world out there. There's so many different perspectives out there and there's so much goodness that is happening. And for you to be, you know, another great podcaster out there who's talking to, you know, powerful, you know, not powerful people, but having powerful stories and learning about the human experience I think that's an amazing, amazing career. It's an amazing opportunity, and I, I look forward to what you're, what's going to happen. So um, I have an interesting guest I have scheduled, and I want to run her by you. Mm. I want to get your thoughts. Okay. All right. I was After our conversation last time, we yeah. spoke a little bit of homeschooling. Oh. I Googled homeschool in Atlanta, and I found a few people within Atlanta that had done some news clips mm. during 2020 because everyone was interested in the homeschooler set. And I ran to this one lady and I looked her up because I had a short list of people and it was her name and January 6th. I was like, what is this? So I clicked on it. She was at, she was at the Capitol on January 6th. Oh. Her and her kids. Really? Oh, so she was one of the terrorists. Yes. And. Middle-aged woman with her daughter, with her kids, right? With, with her her oh, she was totally yeah. a terrorist. Yes. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, she came back. Uh, she told. She said that she had immense amount of death threats. That the FBI and Secret Service is checking on her. This last midterm election, she volunteered as a poll worker. Her coworkers found out that she was at the Capitol. They fired her because <sighs> she was there. Her husband's business took a bath. Ugh, that's uh, that breaks my heart, man. And I've never and I've heard everything from the left and the right about that day. I've never had an opportunity to sit down with someone that was actually physically there. So I got so curious. I want to interview you. I want to talk to you. And she's, she's interested. At the same time, I'm going to get a lot of messages after that day. Going, I can't believe you platformed her. I can't believe you had her on. That's going to be a huge segment. And that's why you should do it. That's and, why you should do it. Well, for, I'm, I'm going to hang on one word that you said, mm -hmm. I think, which is so important. You're curious. Yeah, I'm so curious. That, that your curiosity for the human experience, your curiosity for human stories is what's going to persevere you. Do yeah. I have to have her on? You don't have to have her on. But if you're curious, is it, is it scratch the itch. Is it career suicide? What career are you talking on? about? You're two months deep. <laughs> you don't got no career. <laughs> that, and that's really what it is, right? Is it too early to take such a big risk? Even, even Will slapping his head. He's like, what fucking, what fucking career are you talking about, bro? It's really early to take on a huge risk. 
This is how can it be over? You I gotta go. You ain't got no career, bro. I know, but this is a type of conversation that potentially could get your channel taken off there. It could pigeonhole you for sure. It could pigeonhole yeah, me as I an extremist yeah. forever. And once they put that tag on your account, maybe you never lift it. Who knows? Well, then you end up like Candace Owens. Yeah, who had to go to Daily Wire and have to sign a she contract. She sold out, though. She exactly. kind of sold out. She though. had to. She, where else is she going to go? Yeah. She went too, too extreme. She went too extreme, and then she had to kind of bring it back and become institutionalized. Correct. Yeah. So is that... Is that my path then? You're not going to get institutionalized, but no one knows. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't Daily know, Wire, actually. call me. <laughs> you know, like, hit me 100, up. 100 million dollars, baby. You know, Let's hey, go. Hey, Ben, give me a call. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? But it's such an extreme thing. We should call him out. Hey, uh, Ben, Ben Shapiro, here's your next $150 million logical, rational Asian guy talking about uh, life. I right feel here. like I do it for 150 grand. <laughs> 150 million 150 million bro that's my question is that i'm so curious and it's a conversation i honestly want to have i also go scroll through her twitter and she's out there mm. she's like she's like mtg light <laughs> right right she believes everything and when i spoke to her on the phone i was like look i probably agree with maybe 80 percent of what you say i don't think everything you say is crazy out there. Mm. But there's a few things, and I may push back a little bit. Mm. And I'm not trying to set you up, but I think we need to have a little back and forth in order for it to be an interesting conversation for people to learn and to really think. I'm, I'm Which she you, was open to. I'm going to give you your answer. The answer is you should totally do the interview, but that doesn't mean that you need to post it. Hmm. You can always, I mean, you're not live streaming her. That's true. Since you're not live streaming her, you should totally do it. After you post, you know, do the post processing. After you do all the rendering and all the the polish. Oh, dude, there is no way in hell I'm gonna put it a episode together, let people know right now that I'm gonna have this interview, and then not put it out there. Like, you know, I ain't no bitch. I mean, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> I ain't no right? bitch. I've already put on the interview. I ain't no bitch. If I interview her, it's going out. I don't care what happens on it. You know, if she storms out after 30 minutes, it is what it is. You know, or if she goes down these crazy conspiracy theories, it is what it is. But you're a good, great interviewer, though. You can bring it back. I mean, you yeah. you, be, you can wrangle it back. Be like, yo, we just went off the deep end here, girl. Like, it's yeah. time to bring it back to reality. But I need to know what I need. I need to know firsthand what happened that day. I just need to know. Right. I want to know now. Yeah, I want I I want Matt Kim to do this interview <laughs> with a a a middle aged terrorist lady uh at in january 6th and how she was a stormtrooper destroying democracy and involving her kids at the same time i want to hear this interview matt i need to know yeah you're right i need to do it totally. i need to do it i need to know i'm just i'm just there's just been so much polarizing information on that day fair enough and i've never actually spoken to someone firsthand so I'm i think most people are that way so I'm going to I'm going to push back a little bit because you you you're so, you're so smart and you you're you think because you're an operator and an entrepreneur you you have to think in risk exposure <laughs> options economic efficiency like I know that this is all going through your head but at the same time the purpose and be, the genesis and the beginnings of this podcast was number 1 your curiosity mm. Your desire to to hear the human story, 
And third, which is important because you've said it multiple times on previous things that we've talked about, you don't know where it's going to go. So you have not no expectations, but there's value in not having crazy expectations. But at the same time, you're also concerned about optics and being pigeonholed. I would say defer to the original substantiation of why you're doing this, your curiosity, your interest in the human story, as well as your passion for this, and then let it work itself out. I think it's... Don't worry about the pit getting pigeonholed into being the newest Asian terrorist in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I, fuck that noise. I don't think it's the pigeonhole. I think it's maybe an issue of managing my own pride. Ooh. To what think, is that? Now you have to explain that to me. What to does that mean? To think that I am somebody that can say whatever I want and get away with it. You are someone that can say whatever you am want I? and get away with it. I would love to believe that, and I do believe that. When you say get away with it, I mean, do, I will never make money money ever again? Is that what, is that what you mean? Or, or I'm going to be able to make money through this? Is that what you're, what you're saying? I mean, if, if I want to do this for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, you have to be a little smart about decisions that you make. You Fair have to enough. be a little systematic but on let, how you Let approach. me give you an extreme example. If, if you had the opportunity to interview Charles Manson, would you do it? Of course. Some people could be some <laughs> people, yeah, right. Come on, bro. So some people would be like, bro, he's bringing on a mass murderer. You know, he's yeah. he's 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 giving a platform for a crazy dude who could inspire hate in other people who want to emulate his incentive. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Come on. I mean, let's be real. The number one person we all want to interview is Andrew Tate. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go straight right? to let's go straight right? there. If you had the opportunity, 1, Matt, thousand percent to interview Andrew Tate. Uh-huh. Post coming out of this jail or whatever he's doing, would you do it? Of course. I feel like I have a really good read on people. I feel like I can tell if someone's just full of shit and just talking okay. and talking points. So is he full of shit? We'll find out if I ever get to sit down with him. Oh, Andrew right? Tate, hit up a brother. <laughs> I feel like if I were ever sit down with him, I would know in 15 minutes if I believe this guy or not. You probably know in 15 seconds. Probably. Is this guy a projection? Mm. Is he just a persona? Is he all yeah. persona? And of course, part of it is persona, mm. right? He has to Fair be. enough. He's, I get it. He has to act a part, yeah. Of course. But is the persona driving his message or is his message driving the persona? Ooh, and I think that's something that I would figure out really fast. But, okay. So, but that's an obvious one, right? But That's a layup. If, yeah, but if you were to interview Andrew Tate, you would be effectually sectioning off a huge swath of unsophisticated, retarded people who don't have open minds. Fair enough. But that's a huge monetization loss opportunity, mm-hmm. right? There's risk exposure there. No, because you're interviewing possibly the most famous person in the world with the possibly the largest audience in the world. So there's a risk reward So there. you wouldn't ostracize a major swath of humanity? But the other side that you gain would be huge mm. versus some crazy insurrectionist, which <laughs> insurrectionist. <laughs> you know, some crazy insurrectionist, which you may not get. You don't get the value there, right? There's no see, reward see, this is except the, my this own personal see, knowledge. See, guys, this is the unit economics that he's going through when he's trying to balance. Hey, this is my passion. I want to do this. I want to yeah. learn about people. But there's unit <laughs> economics here because this lady who's a insurrection is, is not as valuable as an Andrew Tate. I would, I would call, I would call you out, Matt. I would say, get over that shit. The insurrectionist <laughs> lady. 
MTG Light. MGT Light is probably just as juicy as an Andrew Tate. Oh, I agree. I think if anything, I'm more curious with her. I'd say let's let's go. LFG. All right. I guess I guess that's what we gotta do. I agree. I agree. I just want to think about it out loud because I've been struggling with it. I pre I, I appreciate that you're willing to talk with me about it. Cause because that's it's important for you to be able to to knock ideas against someone else who might disagree with you. And I was hoping you would disagree. I, I completely disagree with you. You should you should. I want to know about this insurrectionist terrorist light. You know, this lady uh, who's a, probably a beautiful human being underneath. Yeah, right. I mean, I scrolled through her Instagram. It's all her and her kids. So she's just a mom mm. that homeschooled her kids because she wanted to teach them and be with them. Maybe and, that should be the focus. And is, she went to the Capitol because she thought it'd be a good learning opportunity for her children and was there. And all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. So she was just a part. She was just a bystander. Oh, I don't know about that. We'll find that out later. I don't want to like tell her what she is. Mm -hmm. She may come in and be like, Fuck the system. Fuck everybody. I'm burning this shit down. Who knows? Oh, right? <laughs> Dude, you never know. You, you never know? Never know. I would be excited never to know. see if she has that type of fire. Yeah, I, I, her, if her Twitter is any indicator, she's wild. Well, then all the better. You know how many amazing <laughs> clips you're going to get from this? They're going to be like, look at this crazy, crazy. She's white. Yeah. Look at this crazy white lady. Wait, wait, wait. She's being interviewed by an Asian guy. What the fuck? What is this shit? And I thought it was interesting that she was open-minded enough to agree to do it, hmm. which I think says volumes as well. Okay, now I have another question. What other what other juicy interviewees do you have loaded up? Who? I you know I should start bringing you some interviewees, man. Yes. I got people. I, think I got some. I got some spicy people. We have somebody. Um, I have a friend, Reggie, who is going to come on. We haven't done it yet, but he's going to come on, and he owns this security company that manages all the. Um, at, that protects all the Hollywood A-list stars when they come in. Yeah. I think you know Reggie. Yes, I do. He bought Pablo Escobar's condo in Panama. What a fucking boss. Yeah. Bro, I'm sure he's got some stories. So that story of how he bought it, how it happened, um, is amazing. So I'm excited to have him on. Oh, That's God. a great story. And I, I want him to tell it. I have a... I have a... a it's not really a friend of mine, but he's someone that I have his contact information. Uh, I met him at a hunting trip like a decade and a half ago, but he's ex-Blackwater. Hmm. Like he, the guy, the motherfucker is an adrenaline junkie and he has never been able to come back to civilian civilian life. Hmm. Like he comes back and he starts like, I need to go kill somebody. Yeah, yeah. His name is Jared. I'm gonna bring him on. Awesome. He's a fucking trip, dude. Yeah, like he's got stories for days, and he and he'd be the type of guy who'd sit here and be like, "Yeah, I blew that kid's head off." Like, yeah. oh yeah, tell me about it. Well, first, like crazy shit. Like these are the t I could. I'm bring him on. I don't want. <laughs> I want to bring people on where I can learn something from. Oh yeah, that's contrary to what I was told. Oh, you know, because if I want to know about an event, I can Google anything. Yeah, but I'm not. Googling the truth. This guy could tell you about all the real shit that's happening out in Iraq. That's what I want to know. Real shit that happened out in Afghanistan. All the contractors who are really doing all the dirty and mm -hmm. doing the nasty, right? Like he he would be able to tell you like on the ground, 
He's probably 20 years deep now, just contract for killer for hire. I think I'm just the truth seeker, mm. you know? And I think, I think that's what I I've like been that. looking for the most over the last, since 2020 and this crazy fucking pandemic, I feel like we've just been constantly lied to and lied to and lied to. Mm. And they tell you, we're not lying to you while they lie to your face. Yeah. And it's insulting. We're in the humiliation stage now. I feel stupid. And that's the point. I, I feel pissed off and everyone feels the same way, but no one's doing anything about it. And the only way to find the truth is to talk to people that have actually lived these experiences. Only way. Because you can't look anything up anymore. It's all procured information. It's so, all propaganda. So you're not only, you're looking for any type of story where you can learn more of the truth about what's going on. That's exactly so it. doesn't have to be a- It doesn't have to be a business. doesn't have to be something else. Anything that can add light and add a new dimension to something I didn't know before. And some uh, episodes, some people will like, some people, they won't click on the other ones. Like it is what it is. That's how podcasts work. Right? I, I have a guy that I see if I can find him. He's a pimp. Mm. He's in Atlanta. Mm. Now, don't ask me how I met uh -huh, him. Uh -huh. I, this is another story for another time. <laughs> I, I'm not into that world, but I, I met him, let's just say at a, 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 an exotic car meetup. Uh, years ago and uh, he, he kind of just stayed on my radar but he's still pimping today mm. he's down on uh, uh, Martin Luther King Drive see I, I want to talk to someone <laughs> like, like that he would yeah he could tell you the real real about like the pimp lifestyle I want to know he would wear what a purple coat is. like for sure like yeah. you know one of those I want to know what the truth is he, he walks around with a chalice you know because <laughs> you get told how it's supposed to be mm. you know like I'm going to probably eventually bring on like an OnlyFans girl Bro, what's that life really like? Is it worth it? I, you know, I would like to. I, I we don't have time today, but I mean, I want to talk about OnlyFans. Like, I have some serious issues with that. Concerns. I think that's Fair a enough. separate episode on its own. We should. Yes, I have some serious concerns. I would that. like to do that. Maybe after we had the opportunity to speak with one, because Fair maybe if we had that conversation, like we're the we're only one side of that. Yeah, we're ill informed. Correct. But maybe if we spoke to someone, maybe we'll have a little perspective and maybe it could possibly change our minds before we spoke on it as almost an authority. And maybe a little bit of a humble pie. Correct. Or we'll be like, we were right. We were fucking right. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're like, we fucking do it. You're fucking sipping all these bitches and all these beta ass males and shit. You're stealing from like, I, okay, I'm going to get over then it. I just you have guys, to, I You guys just, need to do one before if you guys want to claim that you guys were right. That's true too. Or maybe we record record half. We'll interview one, and then record the other half and see how right we were. Mm. But sometimes adding that action, because again, if we were to just give our take on that when there's so many of them out there, it's almost like we're doing the same thing that we hate, which is the propaganda side. Mm -hmm. It's only our version, mm -hmm. and we claim it as truth, right? Which is what everyone does, and which is what I'm fighting against. So maybe we need to give our thoughts and ideas, actually have someone in that's in that world and space, and, and then give our thoughts afterwards. And maybe our maybe our opinion changed. I like that. You know? I like that because it allows us an opportunity to retrospect. Correct. And grow and learn. Yeah. You know? I'll Where we're not that. so pigeonholed into what we originally thought. Because I'm sure what you think and I think are very similar on the topic, right? Which is, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably, we probably think it's horrible for society. But maybe if you hear the girl side of it, 
maybe like, huh, maybe I can relate a little bit. I don't think so. <laughs> I think my bias and preconceived notions are pretty well founded. Yeah. But again, you never know. It's, it's sometimes you meet someone and they surprise you. Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. And I don't want to, if it was a really tiny segment of women that were doing it, then I think we can make our own assumptions. It's such a large group of women now that are doing it. Yeah. And there's always a story behind the story. Correct. And I think because they have the mass and the numbers, maybe there's something to it. And I'm not saying it, I'm not trying to say that it's a good thing, but I'd be curious. I want to know what the CEO, who is a woman, mm. by the way, for those that didn't know, what how she rationalizes this. Like, you know? I mean, for she her, is it's the, just she money. She is the master pimp. It's just money, right? For her, it's money. But, 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 but for the girls, but are you, are you compromising woman, your ethics, morals? Are you, what... Is there a compromise there is the question I would want to ask. And I would say that for her, this falls on the side of she feel, feels as though it's moral. Because everyone's moral compass is different. Fair. They all point a different direction. Fair. And hers probably points in a direction where they said this is empowerment. And there's a good chance that she actually believes this is empowering she women. probably truly believes it. But do the women who've been there for three years feel empowered? Mm. Oh, maybe in the beginning you do. Because you're making money, but three years in, four years in, and everyone knows you now, do you still feel empowered? In today's world, man, I just, I just, I feel like they're now, again, I'm speaking ill informed because I've never subscribed to any OnlyFans and I've visited the sites a couple times just cu out of curiosity. But I have to believe that the long tail is more detrimental and negative, hmm. right? Because if you've been, if you've been, let's say, I know we're getting into it, but if you've been doing OnlyFans for four years, I mean, you now have hundreds, maybe thousands of videos that will be attached to you forever. Correct. But like, anyone in content media could say the same, regardless of what that. Yeah, but I'm not is. showing my titties, bro. Yeah, but maybe they don't care as much. Mm. We're yeah. being pretty out there and vulnerable by putting our words out there. Oh, we're being vulnerable now? I mean, these are words that can always come back and haunt <laughs> us later. You're not wrong. You know, it can That's always true. be mixed up, clipped up. And say, oh, hey, I know you're applying for this job or I know That's you're trying true. to do this or you're trying to raise this money. And five years ago, here's a little clip. And we don't know if we, we saw agree with you that. had an extremist on. Yeah. You had an insurrectionist. Exactly. On, so we can't do business with you. It's, it's similar. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I'd have to sit down with one to get a feel of it. I you know, that's before okay. I can make a judgment on that. I mean, I have my preconceived judgment, but. I'd like to stay open-minded and you know, at least give it a chance. I'll, I'll take that. Thank you for coming on. Bro, we'll always, do more. always good. I'm, I feel like we didn't even touch any of the topics that we were planning on today. And I think that makes it special. I think next week we will be better prepared. <laughs> but it's going to be a weekly show. Don't forget that we are going to be dropping our Discord. I think I'm going to leave the link to the Discord in the description below. So check it out. Check out uh, matkinpodcast.com where you can find the link in there as well. We have a mailing list that we're going to start. People have already started signing up for the mailing list. I've never even announced that we have a mailing list, but people have already really? start, started signing MailChimp? up. I Whatever the software is to host a website, they oh. do a mail grab and people have been putting their email addresses oh, in. Are you using WordPress? No. Uh, oh. PodPage, which is a website builder specific for podcasts. For podcasts. Uh, I wouldn't know. Um, so definitely go check that out. Go subscribe to, or go join the Discord. 
first 100 people that join will get an OG badge. <laughs> Thank you, guys.